This is Brain Diet, episode number four. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. Hey, everybody. What's up? Today's episode is an important one and something that I love, love, love talking about. And I'm so excited to share with you. Um, We will be introducing today the model that I use for all of the coaching that I do. So essentially this, this tool is the backbone of my practice. It's the backbone of how I coach. So this episode will explain some of the language and the coach speak, if you will, that you will hear in other episodes. The simplicity in it is so beautiful, and the more I've used it over the years, the deeper its effects become and continue to become. And that is the most incredible part about it. The tool is called the model. And it was created by Brooke Castillo, who is the CEO of the Life Coach School. And though she was the one to create it, the concepts behind this tool are universal truths. It's actually just a way of organizing your brain around what happens in the world. But the system of organization is still backed by the way the world works. So I love organizing things. (laughs) And so to have something that I can organize my brain with is incredibly valuable. But it's very energizing to me to be able to take chaos and clean it up and make sense of it. I think of taking everything out of my closet or my dresser and my drawers, all of it, and dumping it on the floor. Let's say um, that this is your brain right now your closets and your dressers, everything apparel-wise that you own being dumped on the floor. And then going to Ikea and having infinite money to buy all of the most fabulous organizing materials and you come home to that pile of stuff on your floor and you get to clean it up and make it so much more efficient and effective. And the idea of organizing has always been a thing, but thanks to Ikea, it's so much easier, right? So that's what this model is to our brain. It helps us clean up chaos, the chaos that's going on in our brain. Now, Brooke often refers to the model as the way to solve any problem, hence the title of this episode, How to Solve Any Problem. Now, I can personally attest that I have yet to encounter a problem that can't be solved by the model. Whether it's my own problem or the problems of my clients, it stands alone always. It can't be beat. So the model is made up of five components or five lines of text that we organize our brain and the world into. The first component and the top line of the model is the circumstance line. So our lives are made up of external circumstance. Anything factual that happens in our lives goes in the C line. 
So anything that could be proven in a court of law goes in the C line. So the weather, for example, is a circumstance. It is a fact or how many children you have. That is a fact that goes in the C line. It's a circumstance or even words that come out of a person's mouth. Another example of a fact, whatever comes out of a person's mouth, it is a fact that those words came out of their mouth, right? Those things are all facts that go in our C line. Now, circumstances are completely neutral and they don't cause us to feel anything. So circumstances only take on meaning once we give them meaning. Now, this is true because a circumstance for one person may mean one thing and the same circumstance for another person may mean something totally different. For example... If my husband said the words to me, I love you, I would give that meaning like Ben loves me. He's a great husband. But if my husband went up to a woman on the street and said, I love you, that woman would probably think, who is this creep? I got to get out of here, right? So the circumstance is Ben my husband, saying, I love you, but anyone who experiences that circumstance will give it different meaning depending on how their brain works, right? So another example is weight. If we were to take 150 pounds, that is a fact, 150 pounds, that might sound like a very heavy weight to one person. Someone might hear the number 150 pounds and think that's very heavy, while it might sound very light, a very lightweight to another person. But either way, it's just the neutral number of 150 pounds. Now, how we feel about circumstances comes from the thoughts that we have about them. So if the sun is out and we think, what a beautiful day, that thought might make us feel happy or content or delighted. It's not actually the sunshine that's making you feel happy. It is the thought, what a beautiful day. We as human beings have the ability to think about what we think about. It's an amazing gift that we have. But because it takes so much effort to do so, most of us operate on autopilot. And that's why it can be hard to believe that there is a thought between every circumstance and every feeling. Not to mention that we have roughly 60,000 thoughts a day. So it can be tricky to start becoming aware of them because there are so many of them. (laughs) But learning simply to distinguish between circumstances and thoughts. If that is all you take away from this episode, it is such a valuable skill to have because doing so allows you to have more authority over yourself. You aren't so much a victim to your circumstance because the truth is we can't control our circumstances, but we absolutely can control our thoughts. And the more we look at our own thoughts and question them, the more we gain the ability to change them when they aren't serving us. So when we have circumstances, the C line, that's the first line of the model. Then we have our thoughts about our circumstances, the T line, 
whatever thoughts are in the T line create how we feel. So if I were to go back to the uh, husband example, saying, I love you. If the circumstance is him saying the words, I love you. My thought about that is, wow, my husband loves me. And that makes me feel love. So our thoughts, our T's generate our feelings or F's. So feelings are the third line of the model. We put a single feeling in the F line for every thought that we're analyzing. So if I think things like, I am ready to get to work, I might feel motivated. Or if I think so-and-so doesn't like me, I might feel dejected. Or if I think I'm just so tired, I might feel incapable. So in the beginning, it might be strange to try to identify exact emotions. And most of us in the beginning, when we describe how a thought makes us feel, we will have a rather small pool of emotions, be it ones along the lines of happy, sad, mad, frustrated, bored, excited, emotions like that. But the more that you create awareness around the specific thoughts you're having and the feelings that they are generating, the wider your emotional scope becomes and the more intimate your relationship with yourself becomes. Like you start to notice a difference between happy versus delighted or between sad versus downtrodden or maybe even between something like bored and restless, right? So how you feel determines what you do or don't do, which leads us to the fourth line of the model, the action line, the A line. For example, if you're feeling motivated, then you'll take action toward what it is you're motivated about. And if you're feeling loving, then you will take loving actions. So a lot of emotions on the opposite side of things generate inaction. For example, if you're feeling overwhelmed, you would likely be in a state of inaction. Or if you're feeling depressed, you might not be taking any action other than staying in bed, right? Now, some people like to come back at this point and say, No, if I'm feeling depressed, I just pick myself up and try to do things that make me feel better. And what they're doing here is mixing models. Like I said, we have roughly 60,000 thoughts in a day. So at first, it can be really easy to mix models. And as you start to apply this, make sure you are clear that your action is coming from the specific feeling that you named in the F line. So finally, we have... Our circumstance, C-line, thoughts, feelings, actions, the final component of the model is results. Actions, what we do, those create results in our lives. So what we do creates our reality. For example, if you have a thought, I want to plant a tree, and you feel encouraged, and you take the action of planting the tree, 
you have the result of a tree planted. So the R line always, always matches the T. Your thoughts ultimately create all results in your life. Now, most of us are not accustomed to watching our brain think. Like I said, this is a gift that we have as human beings to be able to think about what we think about, but it takes a lot of effort to do that. Like it takes effort to notice everything that's going on in your brain, especially at first, because there are so many things going on that we weren't even aware of in the first place. And so that's why most of us would rather just go kind of into default mode and not pay attention to what we're thinking because we don't want to exert the effort to do so. But just because you aren't paying attention doesn't mean you're not still creating results. Think about where you live. If we were to put that in the result line, the R line, it probably started with a thought like, I want to live here. So then you felt committed, perhaps, and took the necessary action to live there. And then your result was now you live there. That result started because of a thought in your head. Or even something as simple as the thought, I want a donut, which would create a feeling of desire, maybe. And so the action would be is you either walk to your pantry or drive to the store or Krispy Kreme or get a Dunford donut and you get a donut creating the result of having the donut. So it's, it's pretty simple, right? But I want you to think about this. If your brain is responsible for every result that you have in your life, consider how important it might be to supervise it. Now, in the beginning, it might be incredibly overwhelming. It will be like that closet example that I gave in the beginning where you dump out everything in your closet and drawers and dressers. And at first, you're like, wow, I don't like the side of this. This is overwhelming. There was so much crap in here that I didn't even know that I had or something along those lines, right? And here is a very important part of all this, that when you find thoughts that you maybe aren't happy with, you have to be very careful and be intentional and be curious. Be curious about everything that you find. Because the best part about this is for all of that crap that you find, You have that many opportunities for change and growth. Like if you start to find thoughts like I suck or this is too hard or I'm just not good enough, we have to first approach all of those with curiosity. Like, isn't that interesting that I think that? I wonder what result I would create if I thought something else instead. And a lot of times when people first start to create this awareness of all the thoughts happening in their head, they're in a big rush to change them in order to feel better. Like you're thinking, I have have the thought, I hate myself. How in the world do I get to, I love myself right now so that I can feel better. And what I want to offer to you here 
is that the most important thing that you can do after being curious about it is simply to slow down. And before you get into any rush to change what you're thinking, I would encourage you to seek to understand it first. Why are you thinking that thought? And what is it about that thought that has served you in the past or didn't serve you? And it helps immensely, obviously, to have a coach to be able to help you understand what's going on in your brain, to be able to see it with a more objective perspective. Oftentimes we get too close to our own brain and it can be difficult to see objectively what's going on. And I offer free mini sessions. If you'd like to go through one of your models or if you have questions about it, you can just uh, schedule that free mini session on my website, taylorandmacy.com. Um, anyway, another thing that people try to do in order to combat the negative thoughts that they are finding is affirmations. There are so many resources out there that offer affirmations, but there's a very important caveat to them that is left out. And that caveat is they only work if you believe them. For a lot of people, the really beautiful, pretty sounding affirmations, they aren't believable at first. So you try to think them and it just doesn't resonate with you. And another thing that can be tricky with affirmations is sometimes they can be so broad scaled and they aren't easy to apply to the specific circumstances in your life. And that's why it's so important to know what you're thinking in the first place before we decide what new thought you want to work toward. So once you've noticed the thought that you are thinking that you believe doesn't serve you, you've started to understand it and you're ready to change it. You can start practicing some new thoughts in its place, but it's not as easy as going from thinking something like, I am so fat and ugly all the way to, I am so beautiful, right? It, it can be incredibly difficult to go from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. So where you begin your practice is going from, I am so fat and ugly to, I have a body, or I have a human body, or just a more neutral thought, which would generate a more neutral feeling. And once you practice that, then you can start working your way further in the direction you want to go. So ultimately, you can get to those really beautiful affirmational thoughts, but we have to just be careful how we get there, right? So we have established the five components of the model. We have C-T-F-A-R, circumstance, thought, feeling, action, and result. Now, this is probably the first time you have heard about this concept or conceptualized this universal truth. And at first, you might just be like, okay, what? That is crazy or that isn't helpful or maybe even like that's just too simple or whatever. And you might want to dismiss it or reject it. But I want you to be willing to give it a chance. Be willing to start to notice your thoughts for the sake of your own life and your own well-being. Like I said, your brain is going to continue thinking whether you manage it or not. And whatever it is that it's thinking is creating results in your life. 
and some results you are so happy with and are thrilled to keep. But my guess is that there are a lot of results in your life that you wish you could change. And that's where this tool comes in. If there are any specific results that come to mind or specific thoughts that come to your mind, go to my website, like I said, taylorannmacy.com and schedule a free mini session and I can walk you through your model, answer your questions. Stuff like that can be so extremely helpful. And I have seen it where one single shift in thought can be life-changing. So it's worth exploring. So there you have it, folks. That is the model. And that explains a lot of the jargon that you'll hear throughout this podcast. I hope that it was enlightening to you. I hope that it piqued your interest and your hope for your future. I love you. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you.